Some rounds, birdies can be hard to come by. Fortunately for us all, some don't require that solid iron game to be found. Welcome to Bird Watchers, an expression of our eternal devotion to all things bird. Trade the rangefinder for a pair of binocs and keep an eye out for this week's featured bird. That's like eight out of ten. I feel pretty. That's proud of really, that. really good. I nailed that. I'm like wondering if there's going to be some circling in the backyard here before long. Excellent. New profession. All right. So while you all tried to discern what it was that Joey was just imitating, let's get into some golf. Joey, you played any recently? I last time I played was my wedding day a few weeks ago, but you played yesterday, right? Did get to play yesterday. Not a bad Wednesday. Uh, we made the trip down to Dormy Club in Pinehurst, North Carolina. How'd that well, go? Any birds? Birdies? I did make one birdie. Um, number five, kind of one I was proud of. I uh, skimmied a four iron to about three feet. Scared it. Scared the hole. Gave it a little look. It was just bad enough to be perfect. So I did get one birdie and no doubles. I can probably count on two hands the number of double free rounds I've had in my life. So... As could I, yeah. 81, one birdie. I think like six pars and a bunch of bunch of bogeys, but I make bogey look easy. Hey, there you go. Talk, talk me through shot for shot your birdie. I want to oh, hear about this. Oh, I've never played Dormy, though, so take me through hole number five. Oh, uh, so number five starts out, it's a, uh, there's water, the big lake immediately off the tee. And so on the short line, I mean, the water's not really in play. It's only about 180 to cover on the near side and probably like, maybe 200 to cover on the far right side of it. I didn't hit a good drive, so I was like 15 yards over it. Uh, I had one 192 to the back right hole location. So your drive went 220? Yeah, probably about. Yeah, you know, I'm bragging a little bit there, but <laughs> it went about 220. Muscles. Um, and so I hit four hybrid, hit it pretty thin, relatively thin, but it was it was just good enough. So it landed probably a third of the way on the green green slopes left to right so we gave it a little little ground curve and and scared it and i thought it was running off the back and we get up there and it's about three feet so it's the only putt i made all day but it was the one i didn't get shut out love it yeah so that was a good one and i don't know if any of you all have ever had the pleasure of making the trip just west of pinehurst to go play dormy but if you get the chance it's a must it's in the top two of my favorite courses that i've played i've heard and it's it's not second Yeah. yeah, I've heard it's good, but um, maybe I'll maybe we need to get out there sometime. sometime yeah, it's soon. a place to go. Shout out Dylan Jordan, the assistant superintendent, also a Clinton native, for hooking that up. Uh, we'll be back to see you soon. I promise. Hell yeah! Well, good to hear. Good to hear. I, looking at your socks, you, you're prepared for this. Oh man, this is this is my lucky <laughs> pair. I've got uh, some ring neck pheasants on this set. Uh, I think these were a Christmas <laughs> present, and just like all of my favorite clothes, they are worn just about out. Oh, yeah. Get, getting to the soul on these. But how many bird socks do you have? I think only like two pair. I think I have a pair with some turkeys on them as well. Okay. They look pretty much just like these. Okay. Uh, I don't even know. These are gold toe, I think, actually, which are even better. Definitely my preferred brand of sock. Is that, is that, that's, that sounds like a, I'm like an gold old toe? man. I'm like an old man. Yeah. I've heard of gold bond, like the feet thing and stuff. The feet uh, gold toe. Gold toe brand. I've never heard of gold toe. Really? No. 
Oh, well, that's like the old man sock, dude. Oh, well, go one, figure. One to go to. The, see, the, the trademark is the... The gold toes. The gold toe. Yeah, you got gold toes. So that's how you know. <laughs> Love it. Well, all right. Let's 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 get into the bird of the week. What what do, you, what do you got for us today, Joe? Oh, man. Okay, so if you all haven't guessed it by now, my friend Joey here was imitating the mating call of this week's featured bird, the Southern Royal albatross fun fact for you that's that's how i met my wife was doing that mating call i can see why you just got married three weeks ago man yeah. i can see how that was you did a good job dude eight out of ten i give it Thank uh you. my roommate's dog was in here with her ears perked up looking at him she was convinced that an 11 foot wingspan bird had broken into this house and was in the process of getting it on <laughs> Yeah, it was just me. It was just me. Here. It was just Joey. Uh, you can she be. She was forgiven. giving me looks. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into the Southern Royal Albatross. Tell me, which do you think is more rare to spot on a golf course, a double eagle, or an actual albatross? Well, me being the very amateur ornithologist that I am, even though I learned so much last episode. Thank you, Jeb. I'm gonna say the the double eagle, like the actual score, golf score. Well, I've never seen either, so it's tough to say, but I think the odds are that the Southern Royal Albatross is less likely to appear on a golf course than one of your buddies making a double eagle on a par five. And the reason for that is the fact that these Southern Royal Albatross almost never sets foot on land, dry land that is. The reason being that these enormous birds, and when I say enormous, they have the largest wingspan of any bird on earth. Southern Royal Albatross has a wingspan that can get longer than 11 feet. These are not the seagulls we're used to here in North Carolina. Big birds. So the Southern Royal Albatross primarily hangs out around New Zealand off the coast. They're split into several different colonies, uh, three primary ones. The primary of which is on the Auckland Islands. There's about 8,900 breeding pairs on this island at any given moment, uh, which makes up 60% of the world's population of this bird. The reason that they like to, that most of the birds are on that one particular island is because since they're an apex predator, the only form of predation they fall prey to is of the nest or of the eggs. And the most common albatross nest raider is our good friend, the rat. Fun thing about the Auckland Islands, there's no rats. Therefore, there are very few predatory animals who can prey on the albatross young so it makes sense for them to build which is also the primary reason they're off the coast anyway they eat squid they eat fish you don't find those things or you don't find squid at least particularly close to shore it's like their favorite treat from what i read yeah which is really funny you would think why would why would you pick squid calamari is like my least favorite seafood i don't like seafood too much so really i no sushi I don't know. Cannot do sushi. Oh. The only seafood I like is like oh. is pretty much shrimp. That's about it. Fried shrimp, grilled shrimp. Well, I can do both, but mm-hmm. shrimp's about it. That's about all I can do. Popcorn shrimp. Oh man, shrimp po' boy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet uh, an albatross would crush a shrimp po' boy. Well, so tell me, in New Zealand, how much more likely would it be to see an albatross than like here in America? Uh, significantly more, uh, specifically with the Southern Royal Albatross, which is the subspecies we're discussing this week. For reference, there are 22 different subspecies of albatross. The Southern Royal Albatross is one of the more vulnerable species because their population is more concentrated into these, this specific area. 
but they do range. They do have a wider range. So they're found mainly between, what is it, 40 degrees south and 15 degrees south uh, latitude, I believe. So that's pretty much like from just south of the equator down to about the southern tip of South America. So these birds, the range, they might go months on end without ever setting foot on any kind of land where they stay in the air. Part of the reason why their wings are so big, they do all the work. They can just float them out and they can float for months on end. And they've been known to. So they'll, they'll fly from New Zealand to other colonies in South America. Um, so they don't touch land, habitat, hab- habitable. land. Habitable. Yeah. Habitable. Habitable land because of like they, when they see humans, they don't want to be around them or like they just, they're smarter than to know like not to do that or like I just don't I, understand I think it. the main reason for that is because of what they eat. They don't really have a need to come to land. And because of their wingspan, the way they've evolved, they don't have to come to land. You know, most shorebirds that we're, that we're familiar with eat smaller, so like mussels or like clams or crabs. Those are things that are found close to the shore. Albatross are eating deep, deep sea creatures. Interesting. And also, yeah, for like you said, they have to assume that over evolutionary time, over time, due to evolution, they've moved out to the outer reaches of the ocean, you know, 20, 30, 40 miles off land for the reason that there's no rats. There are no foxes. There are no nest raiders out on these islands. And over time, they've just come to predominantly or to entirely inhabit those and just abandon land so these altogether. Are, these are smart birds. All birds are. All birds are smart. Uh, no, I take that back. Canadian <laughs> geese are not smart birds. <laughs> those are the ones that we see all the time around here. I love on. birds. I do not like Canadian geese. <laughs> <laughs> no, golf courses don't get along with geese too no, much. We have, oh man, there's like 20 Canadian geese currently Alani pool on number 15 and oh, yeah. oh it's such an issue I almost nailed one Sunday just he was right by the pin of course <laughs> so I aimed at the bird instead of the hole and wow it was like two feet away when I used he to work at Wildwood they had the superintendent had a dog that would just literally chase him all away it was awesome watching him we need one him. of those that's what at Dormy Club they've got a little dog, dog that, chasing yeah, him? yeah we need one of those Lonnie definitely needs one of those but Back to the albatross. Tell me, like, why why is this bird so significant to kind of why we're talking about it today, other than the fact that it is a golf score? Yeah, well, we found that, you know, in starting the Bird Watchers podcast, uh, we wanted to look for different unique species of birds to highlight. Interesting birds, uh, birds that perhaps we don't know as much about, or birds that we see or hear about, and that we should know more about, but then we actually don't really. Like, most people would tell you that an albatross, a double eagle, whatever you call it, it's a really big bird. So we all know that like the albatross is big, but nobody could tell you where they're from or what it is and all these unique facts about them, which make them really fascinating to me. And so the albatross in particular just seemed like the perfect bird to kickstart all this series. And being as how none of us have ever made one, I think the best we could do is just sit around and talk about them and daydream. We're gonna need a, uh, like a bird watcher's bump. That since we're talking about an albatross, that we're gonna we're gonna get one. Oh, Next dude! Actually, that might be you. Just speak it into existence. Yeah, the bird watchers bump. Uh, a self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go play like right after we finish this. We could. We definitely could. <laughs> we Let's could. wrap this up soon. <laughs> uh, actually, probably not at Lonnie. I imagine we're packed. But so a couple more fast facts about the albatross that I wanted to touch on. One thing that I think is particularly cool and is 
is semi-unusual, particularly in shorebirds, is these things live to be 40 years old. And they get bigger over time. So some, I think the largest wingspan ever recorded was 14 and some odd feet wide or long. So, I mean, if you can imagine something with a 14-foot wingspan and 40-year-old bird, uh, I imagine he is probably the best golfer on the island. So, like, let's take kind of just a basic seagull that we'd see at Wilmington. What is the wingspan of that, just to put it in? Uh, just like a typical turn or... Um, Seagull, uh, probably around what says arc. The turn has a wingspan of about two feet, two feet, and then foot and we're half. talking fourteen for right. this albatross. I mean, it's bigger. Like like a bald eagle has a wingspan of around uh, six to nine feet. And I don't know if you've ever gotten the chance to see an eagle. That's the biggest bird I've ever seen, and they they are one of the bigger birds around. Mm-hmm. They're enormous. So we're talking, yeah, you know, another fifty percent of that. Wow, added on, yeah. It, it's it's kind of mind-boggling. This is definitely one of the bucket list birds for for myself, and I'm sure for all of our bird watchers out there to see. Uh, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to see one of these things looking like a jet airliner flying at you. Really cool. I want to uh, to play back the clip of so you all can understand what these things sound like and how spot on Joey's impersonation yeah, of them re- was. Let's replay replay it. I'd say I nailed it. Now tell me, was that not perfect on Joey's part? Let's play I mean, mine real spot quick. On. Yeah, I'd say I'm pretty I'm pretty close. Spot on. Alright, I'm heading to New Zealand. Catch you later. What courses are we gonna hit up in New Zealand? Well, um not in New Zealand, but I don't know. Well, Cape Kidnappers is in New Zealand, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to go out there. All right. But I'm thinking I keep, all that's coming to mind is like Royal Melbourne and like Australia and Victoria and all that. Man, Royal Melbourne did look sick. So incredible at the President's Cup. They got me. Yeah. I can't get over. I don't think I could. I, I can't. I wouldn't be able to hold a single one of those greens. With how you hit it? No, I don't think No, you not be. a single one. I mean, I struggle <laughs> I struggle on these bent grass greens in the summertime holding, let alone playing on, I don't know, what kind, what kind of grass do they have there i would want to guess bermuda but i don't know i have no idea what those greens are but they were dried out and in like Fast. yeah i just can't imagine when i'm watching these pros who obviously impact a lot more spin on the ball than i do i think you and i have literal opposite ball flights mm. with uh, our game. Well, since we've last played it's improved a little yours has i'm, like I'm sorry a little I'm, I'm cutting the ball a little bit now i'm, not, I'm not hitting the up. pool hooks anymore so i'm having to, i'm losing a little yardage but, you know, the pools always go further. Control is always so, good. So, yeah, I hit my 7-iron 160, but it might go about 10 feet off the ground and it's hooking, but it's going to go 160 by the time it stops. No big deal. No now, big you deal. know, I settle for the 150, a little soft cut 7-iron. So, let me ask you, kind of referring back to the question you asked me, which do you think you will see next? Yourself making albatross, you know, shout out Birdwatcher's Bump, or getting to see and albatross i think that if i could spend two days at kahari country club on number 13 i could probably get a double eagle i think that that's a doable one for me personally i think it's much more likely though that i end up seeing a southern royal albatross before i ever see a double eagle i can't reach most par fives man it's not even (laughs) let alone drive a par four Uh, unless we're playing a dice game one day 
and I get to tee it off from the pink tees on one or the green tees on one of these holes. Hey, it counts. Then I, it, it does count. It. Does count. I think that's unlikely. However, through the pandemic, man, when are we going to get to go to New Zealand again? Or I say again, I've never been what? to New Zealand. I was just when are we going to get to go to New Zealand? Okay, well, that was so, my next question. If you have any plans, man, you've kind of depressed me a little bit here. I don't no, know. This I, is I, supposed I, to hype you up. I don't know when I'm going to see either one of them though. All right, we can. Uh, I think that. At the conclusion of this pandemic, we'll make it a priority to go visit the Auckland Islands, see us a couple albatross, then we'll go hit up Royal Melbourne across the way there and try for one. What number one's a drivable hole, right? Didn't they all drive uh, it? Royal in Melbourne, that, yeah, yeah, they all drove mm-hmm. it in that front bunker. My bunker game's on point. Just got to get it in that bunker. And we'll have a chance. Oh, it's a part it's four. It's part four. So I got an eagle. I got to I got to hold it. That's right. That doesn't work. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll need to go we'll study that course map a little more. But a trip to New Zealand and. Australia is in the works. I'm here for it. Well, with that, folks, I hope you all have learned so much about the Southern Royal Albatross today. Make sure you catch that and all more of the fast facts, including the range, conservation status, and how you can help save this vulnerable species in the Up and Down newsletter. Look out at the bottom for the Bird Watchers edition. Subscribe. Follow us on all channels. Line Loft. For a first take, I think we have done pretty well with this. Joey, I'm super excited about your enthusiasm for learning Episode about two, these birds. Yeah, I'm learning know, a ton. I'm excited about like, sharing. I, you know, through two episodes, feel like I could go out and tell all my friends about the albatross. I and can't, you personally, Mr. Don. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about uh, anybody. I'd be fascinated to know, one, do we have any golf homies in New Zealand? And two, how often do you all see albatross? I yeah. feel like I, I'd, be, question, I'd yeah. be curious to know... If you have seen an albatross on any of the golf courses in New Zealand, which I cannot name, so please share with us. I want to see some pictures of albatross on a golf course. We need that in our lives right now. And if you've made an albatross, let us know too. We want to hear the golf stories as well. Equally interested in those albatrosses. Equally interested and jealous. So (laughs) send them in our way at Lion Loft. Well, before it's all said and done, I have a feeling that both of us will, will have one of each on our bucket list see that's the enthusiasm let's go get them yeah come on now all of a sudden i'm feeling a renewed sense of hope there we go renewed sense of destiny (laughs) all right well i think uh do you have anything else about albatrosses or golf that you wanted to share with the people no (laughs) long long pause (laughs) that's all you guys you look like you're about to say something really important I always look like I'm about to say something really important. Seldom do I do it, but the Good trait key, to have. Is, the key yeah. is to look like you are. Exactly. Leave them in suspense. Well, hey, I think that's that's it for us today. Hope you guys enjoyed and...